Welcome back. Welcome into the Lion's Share Podcast. This is episode 18. We're finally legal age in the adult world of podcasting. And the big story from this week, definitely not that the Lions lost to the Cowboys. I think we need to focus on the real focus here. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are both three and four. That's where the issues are, not the Lions. Three and four and looking old. Looking old. Like maybe they should have rode off into the sunset a little bit sooner than now, right? Um, but yeah, this is the Lions Share podcast. Lions now officially hold the sole possession of the worst record in the league. So first pick looking pretty solid right now on Tankathon. Lions may have a top three or top two draft pick based on what we saw today. At least uh, we are leading in something. You got to take your wins where you can. Um, and at this point, we said it. What's this team going to do coming out of a bye? Good teams win out of the bye, as you said. You, you preached it throughout each of those episodes. And uh, they didn't They didn't get it done today. Uh, fall, fall to the Cowboys 24-6. to six. I think the big takeaways are they didn't get a touchdown. Turnovers. Defense looked better, so that's the silver lining. Defense scheme was better. Uh, got Paschal involved, and uh, Kirby J- Joseph played well. Aiden Hutchinson played well. Um, Elliott played well in the secondary. And uh, you got something to add? Uh, just Okuda looked oh, yeah. good as well. Okuda led the team with 15 tackles today, just a tackling machine. Elliott added nine. Hutchinson had two sacks. Uh, Jared Goff was 21 and 26, and that's kind of an odd um, stat line. That makes it kind of seem like he was better than he was he, with only five incompletions. But uh, obviously, Goff had four turnovers himself, so two through the interceptions and two fumbles. Uh, and the team had five total, adding Jamal's critical fumble there at the goal line. Uh, and we'll get to that when we break down the full game. But uh, those are my takeaways from the game. Had a lot of trouble with the penalties as well. Third down, especially. Seemed like the refs were penalty happy all day long, both sides of the ball. Um, but it seemed like a lot of the Lions penalties were on critical third downs when they were trying to get off the field or trying to get a first down uh, on, on the offensive side of the ball. A lot of holding calls from the Lions today. And uh, we'll get into that. Um, so let's talk about the first half. Uh, the first drive, Aiden Hutchinson had a nice sack to start things off. Good to see him get back involved in the game. Okuda also, and uh, three and out for the Cowboys. So things were looking good right off the bat. Lions get the ball, try to move it a little bit. Uh, they stall out around midfield um, and then ultimately lose St. Brown. So you hate to see that. He was he was pulled by one of the referees and they took him to the tent. And I think if you are or aren't a professional lip reader, I read uh, a solid F-bomb out of him as soon as he walked over the, to the sideline. So I think he knew right away that he he was going to be done for the day, especially with all the two things and every the pro- new protocols there in place. Uh, there's no way he was going back out there, which uh, was sorely missed. Uh, Khalif Raymond stepped it up in his absence, so good, good day from him to fill that void. Um, anyway, back to the breakdown. Uh, Lions get on the board. They get a they get a field goal after the penalty um, and get get the lead three to nothing. Kirby Joseph nearly gets an interception and uh, uh, ultimately I think the Cowboys drive stalls out there. Fast forward a little bit. Lions ultimately end up getting another field goal to make it six to three. Cowboys added a field goal as well, so it's six three at halftime. Um, Andrew, I know you were struggling to watch some of this game. Uh, the one, the lone CBS game of the year for the Lions um, because of, they wanted to go with the big, the big boys of Tony Romo and Jim Nance, I guess, for the Cowboys matchup. Um, so sorry to you for your issues that you uh, encountered in the first half and the rest of the game. 
I'm just sorry for America that we got to go from Troy Aikman on Cowboy Games to Tony Romo on Cowboy Games. So I apologize to you, America. And so you, you watched a lot of the game through the red zone. Did you have any takeaways from the first half? We'll get in the halftime capsule in just a minute. I heard yours. Uh, first half, I mean, I, I honestly wasn't too worried too upset about play defense looked good this was like a true Ben don't break kind of game and they didn't break at all it was it was nice to see him force uh, a field goal late that was huge uh, to keep it a four-point game Um, they got that turnover late a lot of momentum leading into half to fizzle out but first half played a solid game played played an actual Dan Campbell style football game where he talked about it. They're going to be that team that just creeps at the edge of the water, and the first time you slip up, they're going to grab you, and they're going to drag you to the bottom of that abyss. And uh, they did all of that in the first half, except they started to let go. Correct. And that's the that was the missing puzzle piece that I was trying to remember, is that fumble right at the goal line before the half. The Lions take over on downs, or take over um, off the turnover, I should say. And... Uh, Dan, in a, in a rare moment for Dan, he goes conservative there. Doesn't doesn't push the uh, envelope there with starting the ball at the three-yard line. Uh, and they had three timeouts with, I think, a minute 45 or, or around that time. Um, certainly thought Dan might be pushed the pedal there a little bit. But I, I think... I think that was the right idea, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say now, but um, you don't want to give Dallas the, the ball back. You don't want to go three and out and give Dallas the ball back in that situation because then you could be going into a situation where you're not leading at half. They had the lead. I think if you're a Lions fan, you're happy with six to three at the half, especially um, with the defense playing the way it was. Defensive battle in the first half, which was not what I expected. I thought for sure there would have been a lot more points, and points did come in the second half, but um, – not, I thought this would, was going to be more of a shootout type of game with at least both teams having 20 points. So I wasn't expecting the defensive battle, but uh, something something different that we haven't seen from the Lions. It's nice to see the number 32 ranked defense uh, hold a team to 25 points or less. Uh, six uh, points yes. in the first half is huge. Um, should help them out in their ratings. Uh, unfortunately, not in the win column where... Uh, they're going to be sitting dead, dead last there solely after the Panthers' secure win over the Bucks today. The unprecedented win. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah, I I was happy with six three. So let's go live to our reactions during the halftime. Capsule. All right, all right. Not the half that I thought I was going to be seeing from these boys, but six three Lions at the half. Well, we'll take that. Dan went. Ultra conservative there at the end, which is rare for him. Um, once again, we're reporting at the halftime report where we've got a little bit of hope. Lions do something right before the half that makes you feel like they've got a chance. And a huge stop by the defense to get the fumble near the goal line. And um, subsequently, the Lions took it to the half. Didn't get aggressive on that drive, but that's okay. I think we'll take the 6-3 lead at half. Kind of a sloppy-ish half. I wouldn't call it sloppy, more like unclean kind of by both teams. A lot of penalties, um, some turnovers. Um, specifically one turnover from Dallas there. And uh, Detroit had a couple drives that stalled out due to penalties and um, it's just not a not a super clean half by either team. Both kind of look like they're off their games a little bit. Dallas with Dak back probably leading to some of those issues were just not in, in sync with some of the guys. So 
<clears throat> really don't know what to expect for the second half. Would love to see the Lions pull this out, but I'm I'm not getting too optimistic here. 6-3 is, is a certainly a close game, and I think the points will start coming this second half. I don't think it's going to stay as low scoring as it is now. Um, I still think the Cowboys pull this out. I just I don't want to build up myself for a heartbreak here in the second half, but we'll see what happens. Lions very much in this game, in the driver's seat. At this point, they'll get the ball starting at the second half, so... Um, they're gonna have to do it without St. Brown if they want to get this done. St. Brown's gone with an injury, and um, yeah, a lot of defense is stepping it up for sure. Though happy to see what I'm seeing from the defense. So it's a breath of fresh air all around. Um, need to keep that up in the second half, and need to get some points on the board from the offense. Got to get in the end zone. Go Lions! Lions fans, it's not halftime yet, but wow, what a hit! What a play! Let's go! All right, here we are, halftime. They've, they've stuck with them. I mean, we've had some bad defense, mainly uh, I'm worried about the, the tight ends coming across the middle and Anzalone taking care of them. But uh, honestly, decent game, kind of boring. The, uh, the offense hasn't really gotten started at all. Badgley with a huge kick. Amon Ra is scary. Don't like to see that. Um, but I, honestly, I think you got to take this at what we're at with the team. Definitely defensive schemes have changed. Come back, get started hot with a score. You got to score first, and then from there, they're playing catch-up, and you're leading this game. Jamal Williams, keep playing like a man, and uh, don't hit the refs in the head anymore. Go Lions. All right, that was our live reactions. Andrew with a little bit of a premature one there when he was excited after the fumble. Um I think we are all feeling that way. Like, once again, I, t- I said it in the halftime capsule. Once again, the Lions make you believe like something's going to happen here. They've got the lead at half. You weren't expecting that. And uh, right off the bat, Jared Goff comes out and throws an interception. I might add, probably hit the ground. Even Tony Romo was admitting that. And uh, contrary to popular belief, not every turnover is reviewed because Tracy Wolfson on the sideline for CBS said they didn't even go over to the monitor. And uh, Gene Steratour came in for the um in the broadcast during the CBS broadcast and explained that yes every play is reviewed but uh, apparently New York didn't think that was worth a second look um I think either way it was probably it was it was not a good throw from Jared like it was it deserved to be intercepted however classic Lions in, in especially in Dallas we should have known that there would have been some funny business in Dallas after all the um miscues that have happened in Dallas prior um Brandon Pettigrew, uh, pass interference that wasn't called. Remember that one? Um, all Lions fans remember that. So we should have known that there was going to be some of this BS involved in this game as well. Um, but just classic Detroit versus everybody. Uh, a turnover that Phantom wasn't reviewed. Uh, looked like it did probably hit the ground. That's a, That was kind of like a 50-50 call, I thought. Um, did you think it hit the ground? Uh, after I saw the replay, yes, real time, it was like tough to see, but also like real time, you know, that like everybody knows all turnovers are reviewed. So you call it a turnover in the moment and review yeah. it. I, I like, it's just, right. it's so commonplace now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You, 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 you know, you've got the replay to back your call up. So you just, you make that, it's like a fumble. You, you always, you basically assume everything's a fumble and then you'll go back and review and then you can, you can clearly, clearly, um, decide right um the same as like they made the emphasis on um not calling a runner down mm-hmm. let him run it out and uh if that's the case and he scores we'll review it and if he's down he's down right because then if there's a whistle then 
you know, he, you might not, you might have a sixty yard run cut, come back just because of the fact they blew the whistle, uh, blew it dead at that point. Uh, so another situation we've seen this before, where Jared Goff, the Lions have the ball second half, um, they get the ball first second half, where you you you, that's a real crucial drive where you you're coming out of the half leading and you're trying to build on that lead, put some distance between you and the Cowboys. And it's happened before in uh, early games this season. Jared Goff throws an interception in the and in the first drive off the off the off the half. So uh, just not a not a great day overall for him. Like I said, the twenty one of twenty six is deceivingly odd or deceiving makes him look better than he was uh, because he was he was not very good for most of the day. He played okay, but um, nonetheless, then uh, Cowboys get the ball and um, don't do anything with it. Still having offensive struggles. And uh, they have a nice kick return uh, where Mac- Malcolm Rodriguez gets uh, put on ice skates, and then uh, I think it's turn up or it's it's something with a turban, turban, tur- turban or something like that for the Cowboys. Uh, pretty good returner. Um, so they get great field position. I think they're just past midfield, and it looks like at the very least they're going to get a field goal on the drive. I texted you and I said this has got to be a field goal only drive. Um, game still within reach at that point. It's close, and um, uh, defense shows up, shows out, and they Aiden Hutchinson gets the second sack of the of the day. Nice, nasty spin move to get around the the the, the blocker, um, and uh, then then that puts them out of field goal range. So Dallas has to punt, and you feel like you're feeling pretty good at that point. Um, and then the Lions have another situation where they have a nice run on third down only to have it called back on yet another holding penalty. Um, so it was just kind of the story of the day. It was missed opportunities on offense, on defense, across the board, just missed opportunities, penalties, miscues, just um, just couldn't get it done all day long. Uh, in the third, they have a nice 19-yard pass. And it's the towards the end of the third quarter, they have a nice 19-yard pass. And the reason I'm emphasizing the 19 yards, that was their longest play of the, of the day. Up until that point, uh, I think with like a minute left in the third quarter, 19-yard pass was the longest play of the day. So that's kind of where I'm getting at with the Jared Goff um, deceiving stat line because he didn't have a lot of yards considering how many pass. I think it was like average eight yards a pass. It was a real check down, short throw kind of game for him. Um, in the first play into the fourth quarter, they get a nice 20-yard run on third down um, from Jamal. Then that becomes the longest play of the game. So still the story of the day, not a lot of offensive production, especially in terms of chunk plays. Um, they were running the ball really well. Drive looked really good. Screen pass to the tight end, right? And uh, he looked like the slowest man to ever play the position of tight end in football. Um, it was painful to watch. He gets about, uh, I don't know, a foot from the goal line probably, maybe even closer, maybe six inches. I uh, would say, yeah. Another DV, you can look at the replay, another DVE situation here where – the, the ref, the umpire, whatever you want to call him, the one that's on the goal line, the one that's got the shot, right? He he does – you can't see my hands right now, but he's doing the signal for touchdown. Quickly quickly pulls him back down. The the umpire ref comes running down the, the one that goes down the sidelines, right? Further down. Uh, he, he immediately comes in. They talk about it. They wave it off. No touchdown. Detroit goes quick. Tempo. I, in the heat of the moment, I was – pretty upset with dan not challenging that because of the situation where you you just don't you haven't been able to score a touchdown all day and you got something that looked like it may have been a touchdown live and so i think you throw the challenge flag there ultimately cbs did show the pylon cam looked like he was about six inches short so maybe a good thing that he didn't um didn't call the 
challenge flag there. But uh, the, the the big big moment in the game where Jamal runs into uh, a blocker, runs into his own guy, fumbles, and Jamal's not a guy that fumbles. I think this was his second ever fumble, first one ever lost. He he lost or he he's fumbled once, but it was recovered by the offense. So this was his first one that the defense recovered. And obviously in the worst timing ever, just as Lions fans were we're used to this strange, odd things that happen. Jamal has a fumble on the goal line. Dallas picks it up at the one yard line, and that's that's where everything really deflated. Um and defense did continue to get stops after that and kept giving the offense opportunities, but the offense just could not the find quit. the end zone. The offense quit yeah. at that moment. Uh Jamal played like a a puppy today. He he talked about it in Hard Knocks. He was an absolute puppy today. Twenty yards as your longest offensive play. Just it's 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 not going to get the job done in the NFL. Unfortunately, it's about it's about pop plays. Uh, we talked about it. It's about momentum shifts. The Lions had all the momentum coming from the first half going into the second. I think I said it in my halftime capsule. Uh, they got to score. You got to score. You got that momentum at your back. You've got to score. Probably the worst possible thing you could do is turn the ball over in that situation. And it, it just kind of snowballed, turned into a lot of um, those hurt penalties like you talked about. But it all it all kind of fell. It all, it all was like building, building, building. And then Jamal fumbled that ball on the one-yard line when – you're looking at almost guaranteed points at that point to, to put yourself up three, I think, is what it would have done in that situation. And then who knows? That's that's the team that hangs around at the edge of the water and pulls you in and drowns you. And uh, that's that's the moment where it all fell apart. You see Dan letting the frustration out on the sidelines. That's, I mean, finally we've seen some emotion from him spi- uh, spiking his headset. Haven't really seen that kind of emotion out of him in his two seasons on the sidelines. So that was yeah nice to see that he can actually, as much of a player's coach as he is, he can actually be upset with somebody. Yeah, he's super emotional, but he he does keep him his composure on the sidelines, and uh, that I I felt that when he threw that headset, it I I felt that in my core because I was feeling the same thing. Like one, I was still upset that he didn't challenge, even though ultimately it looked like it was short anyway. Um, and two, just we just we just we just can't have nice things in Detroit, right? We talk, Remember how, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the Lions had the number one offense? Oh, well, it's it's flip flopped yet again. I, I I think I said it in one of the preview episodes where I said um, the Lions would struggle on offense, and because we can't have we can't have nice things, we can't have the defense and offense in sync. It just it's just not possible in Detroit. Um we'll get there. We'll get there. But right now, it's just not it's just not, I'm trying to stay optimistic. Just just pulling every emotion out, trying to stay optimistic. Uh it's just it's just tough day in, day out, season in, season out, where it's like the this was a winnable game. It it absolutely is. And I mean you look at other fan bases around the league and most of them have uh, at least seven or eight times a, a football season where they're happy uh, Monday yeah. morning. And uh, the Lions just seem to let you down as a fan base over and over again when all you really want is some happiness, little little fun conversations on Monday, and it's just doom and gloom every At time. At the water cooler? Yes, sir. Yeah, well, 
and and it's tough because um it's there's no moral victories we've said it before it we're past that point it's because you could have talked this one up when it was close like well they played the defense played better they played they were in this game the whole way but ultimately the the 24 to 6 is deceiving but uh it was close all game it just just the offense just could not ever give never strike on any of those opportunities and the defense was just holding water all day long and just the offense was lacking and and that's tough um as as our as our good friend mitch from fort wayne said um sadness and defeat feels like sunday and I think that's very well put because that's where we that's where we're all at. I think as Lions fans, we're just we're just so sick of it. Yeah, I mean, Dan said it at the beginning of the year. We talked about it early in the early episodes. Um, last year was the year where they lost those close games, and this was supposed to be the year where they picked up three or four of those close games, and it just hasn't happened at all. And they're continuing to play to their competition. Yep, one and five now after the loss to the Cowboys. Um, should mention too, the refs were terrible all all game long. Uh, just questionable call after questionable call. As I said, penalty happy. They were throwing flags like left and right. Both teams had, I think had like seven or eight penalties each that were accepted, and a couple other that were called but not ex- accepted. So I think like twenty penalties overall. It was just a penalty fest, and uh. uh Dallas, Dallas improves. Uh, Dak Prescott played okay. I think uh, Cooper Rush could have won that game too. Uh, but um, <laughs> Dak is back, and I sent you the message before the game. I, Lions should have been motivated by that, and maybe the defense was um, and stepped their game up. But uh, Dak chose this game specifically to come back. He's like, that's the game I want to target to be back because, as we've said it before, Lions are that rebound. They're they're the rebound team. We never want to be somebody's second choice, but we also don't want to be their last choice. No, no. I mean, it, it's bad when people are openly calling you out like that. Like, ah, oh, yeah, that's the team I want to. I mean, I can't blame them. I would want to come back against the Lions too. That's that's well, that's who you want to. That's who you want to. That's like, um, you know, like when college football teams play these, um. Fordhams and weird weird schools out in out of Nebraska and Wyoming that they they you know they need to they need a build up game right yeah I mean you need that preseason type of game and that's apparently what the Lions are going to be offering week in and week out at this point yeah next week they've got the Dolphins we'll talk about that matchup in a bit we have not talked about this at all but uh, shall we crown a BA player of the week. I think it's obviously going to be the, a defensive side of the ball kind of guy. I've got Hutchinson, Okuda, and uh, the Money Badger, uh, the kicker. Uh, he didn't do much, but he did. He did make two nice field goals. Very good. Very good. Did his job. Thank you for contributing to the team, sir. Um, ooh, I'm, I wish we would have talked about it. Uh, BA player of the week. Can we give it to Christian McCaffrey as he uh, switches teams and still puts up more yards than the Lions and less fumbles? Um, no. Uh, I would say probably I'm going to land my vote for Hutchinson or Akuda. Yeah. That's right. I know Pashko played well as well. He didn't have a lot of stat sheet stuff, but he was playing well. And defense is clearly better with him on the field. Um, 
yes agreed and kaminsky uh they both make a difference for sure yeah it's good to see the defense getting closer to full strength and uh just a a breath of fresh air as i said in my halftime capsule just still a lot to 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 build on and on the defense they're not they're not there yet 100 percent, but definitely turning things in the right direction now we've got to focus on the offense and uh, St. Brown uh, being out didn't help things, but uh, it's still no excuses. Um, Dallas got a good defense with Micah Parsons and Diggs and all all those alike, but uh, got to be better than six points. That's for sure, and can't be can't be can't can't win a game with five turnovers. That's that's I, definite. And obviously, some of those were in garbage time, but yeah, and I, we we alluded to it off air, but. Dallas really trying to go for that, taking after the Ohio State special, unreal. Really going after the box score look, uh, but yeah, you're never gonna you you can't win with five turnovers. You can, you shouldn't. Uh, you got something. I'm just gonna say uh, before I forget, Mike McCarthy. Uh, first off, I don't like you. You're fat. But um, second, second of all, can we? If anybody um, is listening in Dallas, can can we get confirmation on if there was a promo for like uh, Raising Canes or uh, Golden Corral on if they scored more than twenty points or something? Why were they so intended on getting more than on continuing to score? Like, were, were they was was is there something in his contract where he gets unlimited buffet if he gets a certain amount of points? Like, clearly, that what was the incentive there? I, I don't know. Dak probably trying to prove that he's better than Cooper because he's so insecure about himself. Well, and it's so perfect with Dak. You can say Dak is back, and it's a nice little rhyme rhyme. Uh, and I'm all about the rhymes, so I'm a sucker for those. But uh, I don't like it when it's coming from the Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys. Nobody likes the Cowboys. Um, and I, and I hope the Giants continue their winning ways so that – Cowboys get somehow shuffled out of the playoffs between the Giants and Eagles. That would just make my day because I think I think the Dallas Cowboys are a good team. However, I don't think um, they're as good as their record implies. I think they're going to struggle as the season goes on. I think you said that as well. I think you've got them out of your playoffs. So shout out to you. I've, I'm I have them in my playoffs, but um, I've got some resentment now. I, I feel good about the pick now, especially after when I'm, we'll get into it, but yeah. especially after watching the Giants play because, woo, they play some exciting woo. football. Dave All, Coach of the Year, you've been standing on that box all, all, all year long, so shout out to you. Um, uh, final takeaways from the game, uh, all I have to say is at least I got a big helping of macaroni salad at the party last night, and at least I have macaroni salad to drive my sorrows in. That, you looked like you were living life fit for a king. Ah, I see what you did there. My costume <laughs> was a king, so there you go. Um, and I believe, uh, and I don't even want to take this from you, but I do believe we had a Venmo bet on this game. Oh, son of a beach. I think we did. And I feel dirty just taking your money because of the way things went down today. Mitch said it in a text to me. Um, he would have rather gotten blown out, and I agree. I think it was so – It's it's always <laughs> – Me too, Mitch. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, we heard that, right? Um it's just tough to lose close games, and we're so used to it as Lions fans. But uh, all we can say is um, at least there's some fight in the defense. That's our our silver lining, our one positive of the week. Uh, everybody else got to be better. Um, and 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 that's that's a wrap on the Lions news. Let's talk about the rest of the NFL. 
where it's a little bit more interesting and uh, a lot more happy teams than the Lions, that's for sure. They are now in sole possession of the worst record, as we said, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took a hurtin' today, lost to the Carolina Panthers, which I, I don't think anybody saw coming. I think we talked about it in Walkthrough Wednesday uh, earlier this week or last week. Um, wasn't this the biggest spread of the week? Like the the Bucks were favored by 11 and uh, Panthers shocked the world. Uh, I think it even even that line may have even moved after the Christian McCaffrey trade. It may, it may have gone to 12 or 13. I don't know. Um, but I I didn't see that coming, especially after the CMC trade. Uh, Mike Evans had a nasty drop touchdown. I don't know if you saw that replay. I did. Mike Evans looked like after every drop, he uh, somehow hurt his leg on every yes. drop. But so. on all the catches, he was good. So shout out to him. Yeah, that was that was that first one. That was a wide open touchdown. May have changed things, but the Bucks are three and four. Um, and we'll talk about the three and four teams because there's another three and four team uh, that we need to talk about too. But um, let's talk Browns Ravens. Um, Browns. I, I think we both had Ravens here. Uh, Browns tried to squeak one out, but it seems like every AFC North matchup is close. It's always that way. It's always gritty. Browns seem worse Buck. than the Lions in close games. Oh yeah, God. Uh, I I had another one that felt like a, uh, a Lions game too. That was Giants Jaguars, where the Jaguars get to the one yard line and shout out to the Giants defense because they claim they uh, they locked it down. That's a that's the very definition of bendo break. That doesn't get any closer to breaking than that. Giants climbed back from a, uh, a deficit in that game. I think Danny Dimes was nearing a hundred yards rushing. He he had some runs there where. I, I don't know. Dayball has got things figured out over there because I, I thought Danny Dimes was going to be moving to the broadcast booth before the, prior to this season. I thought <laughs> this was this was probably his last season as a starting quarterback. Yes. But boy, I was, I'm wrong. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Not only are you wrong, he looks like he's making more than competent decisions with the ball, with a little, with a little uh, mustard on the play fakes too. Get the defense off balance and then run, and then still could pull up at the line of scrimmage and let it go if they suck up too close. He was making good plays today. Yeah, and Saquon uh, once again just a, a steady running back, steady a steady dose of of Saquon Barkley. Um, it seemed like uh, the Jaguars. That seemed like that game was never going to end. I think there was like seven penalties. That's exaggerating, but there were a lot of penalties. They're roughing the passer, hands to the face. I don't even know. Defensive holding, uh, that game just seemed like it was going to never end. Jaguars ultimately get one play at the end and, like I said, get stopped at the goal line. So that's a that's a heartbreaking loss. That's a inches. Lions loss right there. Inches. inches. Literal inches. And I thought for a minute wait, live that he may force his way in. He was he was trying. I thought for sure second effort he was going to get it. That's just a great defensive stand by the Giants. Uh, a want-it win. And, I mean, we gave Danny Dimes some love, but give love to Trevor Lawrence for being so young. He is he looks like a very competent quarterback as well and a, a good draft pick from the Jags. Yeah, they're they're going to figure things out. They've got Etienne, Etienne, Etienne um, as well, and, and he had a good day over 100 yards. Uh, they, I think the Jaguars got something there, but they just got to figure it out. Um, yep. and they're they're a little bit ways out a little ways out um but boy what can we say about the giants six and one man impressive uh, one of the top records in the league um you know with the with the eagles as well so the nfc beast 
all all um all eyes on the NFC East because that's going to be contentious as the season cooks up. Um, one of those Packers, teams is going to get left out. Yeah, you know, one, out, of, out of the top three there. One of the, one of the and, and undeservingly so too because uh, you know we talked about it before, but the way the playoffs work, you know, you got to if you win the division, you could be in a terrible division and, and still make the playoffs and another team could, could, could be left out. Um, speaking of teams that could be left out of the playoffs, Packers, another shocker. This one's right up there with the Bucks losing to Carolina Packers lose to the commanders in FedEx field. Uh, Washington put up 20 unanswered, uh, at, at, at one point uh, to take the lead. And, um, Wow. Uh, trouble in paradise for Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers face first into the ground at the end of the game. We hate to see that. It was the only solace Lions fans could take from uh, from this weekend. Uh, I will say, though, this, this game had flashes on the red zone, and I 100% thought that the Packers were just up by about 24 points all game. And because every time mm. you saw it, Heineke was just getting murdered late, he was making some big plays, and I thought it was just kind of for for airtime at the end. Turns out they were in it. Um, and then probably the biggest momentum shift was the was the fumble by Heineke returned by the Packers defense to uh, they called a DPI while he was scrambling and and replayed that play which was huge momentum shift for the Packers and probably if that play stands that that's a win win game and Matt LaFleur was not a happy man at any point in this game no no and it was it was close at the end too I thought um we're gonna have a situation where Aaron Rodgers takes him down the field in 30 seconds and I don't know about you uh watching that live I felt like my stomach started going to a knot there at the end because I felt like the Packers were getting uncomfortably close to the the pitcher-rooney thing going around. They they got kind of close, it felt like, there for a minute. Like they, they felt like, oh, man, this might be a magic situation. Yeah, and I mean, classic. Uh, us Lions fans, we know the the kind of magic this guy can pull off with no time on the clock, so it was nice to see them fall short. Yeah, for once. And there was a hands to the face call on the, on that that drive too for them. So that's just you just feel like wow, it's going to be another Packers win based on based on how things were rolling. But they followed. They're three and four. Um, oh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about them and the Bucks just in a minute. We'll recap the rest of these games. Um, Titans take command of the AFC South. They get the win over the Colts. Not a pretty one, but a win nonetheless. As you always say, never apologize for a win. Uh, nineteen to ten. I don't know. That might be a score, Gami. Uh, I've never, seen, never. You don't very, very rarely do you see nineteen points put up. Um, but the Titans, uh, four and two, albeit in a bad division, but they're four and two, leader leading the pack in the AFC South. Yeah, that might that might have been the game for the division there. Uh, it might tit- have been Titans over the Colts. Uh, Colts look dead early and. and I mean, good on them for fighting in this game. Uh, they they contain, contain Derrick Henry, which uh, is hard for a lot of teams to do, so kudos to them. But, yeah, these guys just fell in a hole early and never really recovered from it. Yeah, 3-3-1 three, three, and one now for the Colts. Not out of it by any stretch, but uh, a tough – you can't. You got to win those division matchups if you, if you want to win the division. Um, Bengals crush the Falcons – 
35 to 17. Falcons tried to make a little bit of noise in this game to try to make it interesting, but uh, ultimately fell short. Uh, Burrow had a great day, 34 of 42 for 481 yards and three touchdowns. So almost a 500 burger from Mr. Joe Burrow. That is uh, that is crazy. Uh, I, I, I mean, it was almost the same case as the Colts-Titans game uh, where the Bengals just put up a lot of points early and they, they just Falcons were in a hole yeah. that they had to come out of. And once again, I thought the Falcons had no life in them early, but kudos to them to fighting. But, yeah, it's just tough when you spot the other team that many points to, to dig yourself out. Yeah. Yeah, Jamar Chase and uh, uh, Joe Burrow on on the same page all day long. He's had some nice throws to him. Uh, Boyd also had 155 yards for Cincinnati. So just a big offensive day. I think Burrow had something like 370 yards at halftime, or 300. A lot of an insane number from him at halftime. So kind of just cruised from there only scored seven points in the, in the second half that's all they really needed uh they had put up 28 in the first half and they just kind of went into cruise control after that um oh what other games we've got the the those are all the early games i think um uh and then we've got the later games jets win but they lose Brees hall their young star uh to a knee injury that didn't look good uh, we still don't have the, the official word on that. That'll probably be tomorrow. But uh, tough, tough fall for them. Um, that 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 running back was looking really good, and they looked like a, an emerging star. Um, but they do get the win nonetheless over the Broncos. Ah, uh, the limited Broncos. No, no, Mr. Russell Wilson. He was a late scratch. Uh, he was trending towards playing all week, and then. Uh, yeah, I checked this morning. Looked like he wasn't going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this game, what something weird happened in this game early too. Do you remember what happened in this game? Maybe it no, was just I... Zach Wilson no points. Um, I feel like every time I, I flipped over to this game, Zach Wilson was just running for his life, scrambling out of the pocket, and then just kind of like letting him fly down the field. Yeah, he had 16 of 26 today uh, for 120 yards, so not a very good day uh, offensively for him. Um, average yards per pass was 4.7, so uh, not a big production day for him. Um, Brees Hall had 72 yards before getting hurt in the second quarter or early third. It was the second quarter, but uh, a knee injury. Uh, never like to see the knee injuries, obviously, so... Uh, We'll see what arises from that, but that's going to be a big loss for them if it's a long-term season-ending type of injury. Um, that that changes their trajectory, I think, for the Jets, for sure. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you'd hope the Jets are a plug-and-play just like every other NFL team are. I mean, we like to complain about all the Lions injuries, but they're not, a, they're not the only team that's struggling with injuries, and Unfortunately, this is the NFL, and this is why you should have depth. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, the Jets are the Jets lean on their defense, so their defense is the strong suit of that. Uh, so the defense is still looking. Sauce Gardner is just looking like an animal out there. Um, but the offense really leaned on that running game, and so that could change things if they if that that's defense is going to be asked to do more now with Brees Hall out. Um, uh, moving over to the Raiders and Texans. Raiders handled the division foe and the Texans pretty handedly. They still can make something out of this season. 
no longer on the one win, one win uh, train. They've got two now. I, I've got them possibly making the playoffs. So I think this was the game for them to get right coming off the bye. Good teams win out of the bye. So they did that this week. Uh, they're two and four now. So climbing that ladder. Two and four and looked like a good two and four. Derek Carr started the day slow. And then remember that Devontae Adams is a good player. Just got to get him the ball. And boy, was Devontae Adams doing things with the ball. It seemed like nearly every grab, it was either in stride and he was off to the races, or he had about two to three yards separation and uh, made a little cutback and got like five, six extra yards out of every catch. Yeah, he was really pushing the ball down the field, right? You get it? Why? Because he pushed that guy? Yeah, because he shoved somebody over. Didn't get suspended, by the way, which is kind of crazy. I thought for sure that something would have happened there, but uh, no. I guess the NFL didn't see that as... I didn't think it necessarily warranted a suspension, but I thought just, just based on what we've seen in the past in the NFL, I thought they would have been a little more strict on that. But uh, nonetheless, Raiders get on the get another one in the win column, uh, and it's a division win, though, so it's always, it's always worth a little bit more. A little sweeter, right? And Derek Carr got hurt at one point in the game. Um, oh, I didn't see that. Came, yeah, it came back not too long after, but it did look like maybe an ankle or another foot situation for him. But he came back and played the rest of the game. Um, the Seattle Jihawks, as you were calling them, um, kudos to you for calling them for the win here. You talked me into this one, uh, taking them here. I was kind of leaning Chargers, especially because of those uniforms. Uh, those those dark blue uniforms from the Chargers should be their permanent uniforms. They're way better than the light blues, I think, the powder blues, because um, they've got like the West Virginia look going on. I just love those uniforms. Um, so I'm glad you talked me into it though, because the the Jihawks, the Seahawks with Geno Smith get it done, and uh, we talked about it. Uh, you alluded to it, especially that uh, it's just Brandon Staley's some question marks surrounding him as far as the chargers go. Cause the chargers got the talent. It seems like they just coaching and among other things, just, just can't put it all together. And uh, I don't know about that team. Yeah. They, they lost some talent today. Unfortunately though, as well, uh, Mike Williams had a nasty little leg injury to down the stretch in this game too, which is pretty unfortunate. It looked like his cleat just kind of got caught up on the ground on a tackle and he is, his leg twisted some sort of way. It was uh, it was ugly, but yeah, I mean, we saw it in the Browns game with the char- with the Chargers. They just don't know how to close a game. So if you're if you're gonna play the Chargers tight, you've got a chance to beat them. Uh, there's definitely a formula to beat them, and and we've yeah. seen it. Uh, and G- uh, Gino was playing angry today. I don't know if you noticed. Pete Carroll had to call him over and calm him down and tell him like. Just take a deep breath, buddy. We got this. It's okay. And I mean, he got the job done. Kudos to him. Yeah. G Hawks get another win. Uh, but they did lose DK Metcalf to a knee injury as well. So, um, uh, another situation where we don't know the details at this moment, uh, but probably get some news on that tomorrow. Um, it didn't, it didn't look good and he was carted off. So, uh, knee injury with the, with the cart, never a good sign, but we'll, uh, we'll withhold judgment until we get the official news, but I mean, uh, just that's a tough loss for them. Yeah, I mean, we. I, I heard that he was being carted off, and I kind of just you immediately thought of the the poop incident. Yeah, I, I kind of took it as an offhand comment when I heard that on the red zone, um, and then I just realized I had never seen him on the field after that. 
<laughs> and yeah, I thought, was, oh, okay, this was real. It was the real deal this time. Uh, no boy, that boy cried wolf situation this week. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be seeing on on that uh, as far as what that injury entails. Chiefs 49ers in our last matchup of the uh, the four o'clock window. Uh, Chiefs put up a, a ton of yards, a ton of points, 44 points on the day, 44-23. Patrick Mahomes 423 yards. Um, probably would have been the the quarterback play of the of the day had it not be for um, the numbers that Burrow put up. Uh, but a good day nonetheless for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. Juju added 124 with a touchdown. Uh, 49ers looked okay in this game. Uh, Jimmy yeah. G had some crucial turnovers in the red zone and uh, other areas alike. Um, just I think a situation where the Chiefs just kind of overpowered them and the safety as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the Niners played. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. We we've always talked about it with these Chiefs. You can't beat the Chiefs with field goals, and I no. I want to say the Niners kicked a field goal. I want to say to go up thirteen ten uh, when they had a shot. They could have gone for it and and tried to push for a touchdown, and they kicked a field goal. And I kind of laughed in the moment and said, "You can't beat beat the Chiefs with field goals." and I probably about a quarter after that, the the Chiefs just kicked it into overdrive, and it was, seemed like every other play was a big play by them. McCole, uh I think it's Nicole Hardman was going, yes, absolutely bonkers, and Juju was putting up numbers. But I, to give some respect to the other side of the field, I know the announcers were all over him, but Christian McCaffrey to come in in like two days of work and and do what he yeah. did, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, he had eight carries for 38 yards, so uh, quiet-ish day on the on the uh, running side. He had two catches and 24 yards, but like but like you said, uh, just impressive to be, you know, f- hop on a plane and fly from one coast to the other, literally um, from Carolina to California. Um, impressive, and and surely he's gonna uh, with give him a, a full week of prep, and you're gonna see some magic from from that 49ers offense. Um, that's going to be exciting to watch as uh, the season progresses. Um, 49ers are now three and four, uh, so they'll definitely need to improve on that. And uh, obviously, that's why they went out and got Christian McCaffrey because they need they need another uh, piece to that puzzle, right? Um, so yeah, that's that's our matchups. Um, we had one more on Thursday night. Cardinals win a shootout over the over the Saints in the battle of the. Uh, um, the battle of the church and state or whatever he called it with the, uh, the Cardinals and the saints, um, uh, Andy Dalton with some two nasty pick sixes and, uh, the Cardinals ultimately win one by eight. They had their chance with the Bucks loss this week. I'm going to stick by my guns on the saints, but, uh, mm. I don't know if I've ever like asked for this, but they, geez, if, do you ever think like a team would ever say, look, we need James back. Well, they're probably calling for it at this point. I think the takeaway, the real big takeaway, was that that shot from the end, uh, from the from Amazon of uh, you know the disdain of of Andy Dalton with the uh, defender leaping into the end zone in the background. I yeah, I don't know if that was the big takeaway or was it Kyler Murray marching off the field telling his head coach to call me F down repeatedly. I don't think I've ever seen that. And uh, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know the TikTokers handle. I will say I have seen some videos though. 
and it's kind of brought it to my attention to watch Kyler on big plays and scoring drives. On that drive, he he uh, had a little QB runaway there, got the first down by a yard. Not one person came over and, and like high fived him mm-hmm. and celebrated with him. It is just odd to watch that happen as a not only just like a playmaker, but your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it it's odd. You're right. I think the vocalness of him with with the coach um i think that that felt like to me a moment where we're gonna look back and be like that was a pivotal moment where the emotions were high and uh you know maybe it's a situation where all right now now we're at that breaking point and now it's gonna be either we figure this out and we're gonna go on a run here or you know things will just kind of muster out but i think it's a situation where the cardinals Watch out for the Cardinals is what I'm going to say. I think they they might go on a little bit of a run here. I think I think they're figuring things out. Well, yeah, figuring things out if that means they got Hopkins back this week. And my yeah, God, right. you, you just forget, forget about how, how big this man's wingspan is and how fast he is. He is just – him, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans at times – when they put on their breakaway speed from guys, it is just it is something to watch. Tyreek Hill. Oh yeah, he's he's at the top of that category. You watching any of that uh, HBO Max Hard Knocks in season? I have. I, I when did it start? I didn't see it. I, week one, I assume. Um, we got all those promos during the Hard Knocks Lions version. At the end of every episode, we got the little teaser for the Cardinals. Yeah, um, I, thought, I don't think for many some reason it was in November. Oh, I don't know. Maybe they might. I don't know what they're how the, what their release schedule is like i don't know how um how quickly the episodes come out after the because i think it's per week or per i don't know how they do it that's that might be a lot 16 17 weeks i don't know if they'd do that but um nonetheless uh if anybody else has watched that out there please tell us um they're probably waiting so, for uh the dragons dragon show to end so they can get all their viewers back oh of course of course don't want to cannibalize uh, i, I should have known that um so we've got all the matchups there, uh, I think we hit them all. Um, and we've got one in progress, the Sunday night game. Dolphins are currently up 10 to nothing with six minutes left in the first quarter. Steelers have the ball, um, so we'll see what happens there. We both had Dolphins there. I am 10-2. and two. Andrew is 7-5, and five, so a nice positive week for both of us with two games remaining. Um, Bears-Patriots will be on Monday night. Um, so let's just end our NFL talks with uh, a question I'll pose to you. Uh, Worst three and four team. Is it the Buccaneers or is it the Packers? Mm. I think it's the Buccaneers. The Packers look like they actually have functionality as a team. Uh, They've just got an upset daddy and Aaron Rodgers, and it just seems like they just can't please the man. Uh, Whereas the Buccaneers just don't seem like Anything is clicking for them currently. So I think the Buccaneers have more steps to close or gaps to close than than the Packers do. And that's the only reason I'll give the Packers the bounce there. I concur. Bucks, I think the glaring thing with them is they lost to the Steelers. So that's like, you know, that's that's a tough loss there. The Packers lost to the Commanders with a backup quarterback in Tyler Heineke. Uh, so e- almost equally as bad, but I think you're right. I think if I had to pick one over another, I think I'd pick the Packers to right the ship. I think the Bucks could do so as well. Um, 
and uh it would be fitting because you know buccaneers with the ship that write the ship that would be fitting uh but um it's impossible to count out aaron Rodgers or tom brady uh i just it just increasingly feels like to me a situation where uh tom should have should have hung it up and uh had the uh, he did hang it up and ultimately did the 360 180 and decided to come back but i i I don't know man i don't want to see him go out this way we are slowly running out of players in in today's nfl (laughs) that played during the era of non high definition tv who were just standard definition players tom brady aaron Rodgers, both being being members of that group but it's sad to see an end of an era of these two guys i mean even the lady lion today said who is that guy? That guy looks old, and Aaron Rodgers being that man in question. Um, oh, it's the haircut too, like you've talked about before. Yeah, it's it's just weird, and like I said, sad to see it. But uh, definitely at the end of that era, we've lost. Uh, I mean, Matt Ryan's still tailing in there with them, but we lost Philly Rivers. I mean, we're losing all these guys. We lost Peyton. All of them that were kind of in that era, and it almost seems like Matt Stafford. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, and then Matt Ryan, Tommy, and Aaron are the last of that group. For sure. But, you know, there's always – it's a revolving door. So you've got uh, Joe Burrow and uh, Tua and um, – Herbert, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, you name it. Um, uh, t- uh, obviously, Josh Allen, probably Trevor the MVP Lawrence. of the season. Trevor Lawrence. Like, you know, it's a revolving – and Holmes. there's so much emphasis on the – on the Patrick Mahomes, uh, there's so much emphasis on the quarterback position in the NFL. It's such a everything flows through the quarterback, and so it's it's exciting. But you're right; it is hard, especially the age group that we're in, because those are the guys we watched growing up, like Ben Roethlisberger. You know, like those guys uh, watching them growing up, and now to see them moving on, and you know, some of them getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. It's just like ah, Oof. it's an end of an era for sure. Yeah. It's also weird to see, uh, you know, 20, 21-year-old quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, it, it is tough because they look like kids out there. Uh, yeah, so that's the NFL Week 7. Is that what we're in, Week 7? That's Week 7 of the that's NFL. It. Week 8 of the college football, play, uh, college football uh, world. Syracuse just couldn't get it done against Clemson. I was I was hopeful. I felt like they had a they definitely had a chance to win that one. Clemson even got as desperate to uh, went so desperate to change quarterbacks mid game. Uwalungale, uh, however you pronounce the Clemson quarterback's name, he was benched and uh, Clemson gave gave him a little bit of a spark and ultimately won that game. But um, overall, kind of a quiet ish weekend. Uh, Nonetheless, for college football, Michigan and Michigan State were both off. Um, LSU with the lone upset of the weekend, as far as ranked teams go, at least. Uh, LSU, unranked, gets the win over number seven, Ole Miss. Um, and uh, they will surely be ranked after this week. I think now, this week, we're past the point of AP polls coming out on Sundays. And I think now we've gone transition to the Tuesday night college football rankings. So we now have the college football rankings. Uh, instead of the AP poll to um, to track those. But the AP poll is out um, nonetheless. So prior to Tuesdays, Georgia's still number one, Ohio State's still number two, Tennessee's still three, Michigan four. So the top four, uh, actually top five, top six, um, all remain neutral. So um, 
first team that moved up is TCU. Uh, they got the win over Kansas State. Oregon also moved up as they jumped UCLA. Uh, got a nice win against them. Uh, Oklahoma State beat Texas, although Texas was kind of in the driver's seat for most of that game. Oklahoma State clawed their way back to win it by seven over Texas. They jump into the top ten now. Uh, also, news of the top ten, USC uh, in, in a rare tie. Um, USC and Wake Forest are tied for tenth. Um, uh, that puts UCLA down to 12th and uh, Ole Miss falls from seven. Obviously after their loss to LSU, they're now 15 Syracuse falls as well to their loss uh, to Clemson. LSU jumps into the top 25 as, as predicted. Uh, they are now 18th. So it feels like uh, Brian Kelly might actually be figuring things out with LSU after their slow start. Uh, so I think, LSU is going to be a team to watch uh, going forward because it f- certainly feels like Brian Kelly's got things figured out or is in the process of doing so. So if watch for, for them going forward. Yeah, for the time being, it sounds like the reporters are going to be two meetings on time. Two meetings on time. I think they've squashed their beef. They continue to ra- ra- raz each other, I'm sure. Uh, but, yeah, it Watch out for LSU going forward. Watch out for Tennessee as well. Um, as uh, this week, we've got the big matchup coming up: uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Um, Michigan will be heavily favored in that matchup, but you know Michigan State always plays close uh, in those matchups. So you, you, if you're Michigan, you can't be looking past Michigan State here. Uh, you don't want a trap game this late no, in the season. State's also bringing a lot of momentum as of late. Uh, and they're kind of that team that has nothing to play for anymore. They lost so many games early. They kind of counted themselves out. And now it's right. a, hey, let's go just play for ourselves at this point. And they look like they're playing fun football, too, uh, these last couple weeks. So it is, a, it is a scary trap game, nonetheless, to be in. And it's a night game, too. Um, it's in prime time. Uh, I believe it's uh, – I believe – it's uh, 7.30 Eastern. Uh, uh, it's Yes, it's 7.30 Eastern on ABC. So It's a blue um, out. Amazing, amazing blue out. Just a blue out. Just a blue out. Not a blowout, but a blue out. Blue out. Live, live, blue. Uh, live look. Miami just kicked a field goal and they go up 13 nothing with two and a half left in the first. Very nice. Thank you for the update. Um Anything else you want to say to the good folks on this other line? Uh, let's just pose our question of the week for the listeners. Where do where do the Lions go from here? And I, I mean, I've said it. I've said it. I'm I'm a Dan Campbell stan, and Dan we trust. What does Dan have to do to uh, to not come back as head coach next season? Does he does he have is he in danger of losing his job at the middle of the season, end of the season? Is he guaranteed that next season? How bad does it have to be for him not to come back? Correct. And once again, podcasters in sync. As literally the the way I was going to phrase it, where do we go from here? That was going to be my question as well. Perfect course, perfect question for you to close to the viewers and the Lions fans alike because it's a it's a it's a big question. Uh, I think if you win this game against the Cowboys, you know, we've still got something to build on for this season. And now it feels like 
man, now you're one and five matchup against the Dolphins next week and uh, the Bills on Thanksgiving and the Packers and uh, all all those alike. So it's it's a tough stretch here. And uh, yeah, now sole possession of last place. So uh, you're right. Where do they go from here? One and two. Where what's the threshold for Dan as far as to, if he's if he comes back or gets the boot this season? And I think my viewpoint remains: if they lose out or maybe only win one game, I think there's discussions of him not coming back. Uh, if they win a couple games, get above four or five wins, I think he's safe. And yeah. and maybe maybe even with one or two wins, maybe they do bring him back just because I we talked about it. There's a tremendous amount of trust with him and Brad Holmes uh, uh, from from ownership. So I think it would take a lot. Uh, that's not saying that I agree with that one way or the other. I just think that's where the front office uh, stands as far as um, the Ford family goes. I think they, like you said, they still believe in Dan. So, yeah, pose that question to the audience. Let that uh, simmer on your brains. Hit us up with any remarks uh, in our voice message box or uh, text us, call us, whatever. Uh, continue to share the episodes as as you wish. We appreciate all the support um, for all you listeners out there. Um, and we'll see you all on Wednesday. Until then, go Lions! Me out. Me out. <laughs>